Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the People Processes podcast, where we dive into the updates, interviews, and yes, processes that will help your organization thrive. My name is Rami Alijil, and my goal is to help HR managers and business owners create an environment where their people are their organization's competitive advantage. Today, we're doing a deep dive on the people processes around employee handbooks and how to check your own handbook out in a self-audit and the systems around it. This whole week will be on handbooks. This is part two of the audit where we go into specific systems for review. Part one was earlier this week, and next episode is a Q&A around handbooks for more really specific advice. Wahoo Handbook Week. Oh, don't forget, we post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and I would love to hear from you on there with any questions. You can also subscribe to us by going to peopleprocesses.com, where you will receive special subscriber-only content for free. People Processes is also available wherever you get your podcast. It syndicates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. So we'd love for you to subscribe there. So, as a reminder on the introduction of this, most employment relationships uh, uh, experts agree that employee handbooks are an essential part, if not the foundation, of effective HR management and positive employee relationships. They can also play a critical role in demonstrating employment law compliance. Employee handbooks should communicate policies and procedures, play a key role in the orientation process for new employees, serve as a valuable employee relationships vehicle for current and prospective employees, contribute to that uniform and consistent application of company policies, and protect against claims of improper employer conduct. While carefully drafted employee handbooks can be an important part of the employee relations media, handbooks that are unskillfully or improperly drafted, well, they can create an organizational uh, nightmare, legal headaches. Courts increasingly view employee handbooks as binding contracts subject to judicial enforcement. Accordingly, employers must carefully review every policy and procedure contained in a handbook to minimize potential contract claims and be prepared to update them periodically. So what we're looking at in the self-audit, we're, deci- we're trying to determine whether a handbook includes positive employee relations provisions, educates employees regarding an organization's origin, history, and employee philosophy, provides a mechanism for two-way communication, and contains the necessary protective language to minimize the threat of litigation or employee complaints to governmental agencies. So these are about the systems around it. Individual policies change. You can always ask us about them. You can research them. You can let us know if you need help. And we're going to nail on a couple of them to make sure you have some some of the basics. But mainly this is around the system so that you can make sure your handbook is right now and right in the future and accomplishes the goals around it. So our first question of the day, again, last time we went into some broader systems. This The first one is, does the employee handbook comply with ADA, the American with Disabilities Act? So Take a look over your handbook. Make sure it it has an ADA section, ADA statements. It's very basic stuff. We have more information about that on our website, but is it an ADA-compliant handbook? Ask yourself, now we're going to look into employee behavior. Do any of your employees telecommute? If so, you need to have a telecommute policy, uh, bring your own uh, electronics, uh, computer, um, device, BYOD is the standard term, BYOD, bring your own device. Uh, policy, how do you handle those? Who gets to do it? Do the employees telecommute? Do you regularly review to determine the following? Is it on your calendar? Do you do this? Take your handbook out. Has the target audience for the handbook changed? Did you get new investors? Are you recruiting a different type of employee? 
is the target audience changing? If if there are changes in the organizational structure, such as locations or operations, uh, have they altered the handbook's purpose, scope, or method of distribution? If so, update that. Is the information in general still current and relevant? Is the information material in handbooks still responsive to the needs of employees and other in- interested party? Um, if the information material in the handbook is complete, um, does it cover all the issues that need to be addressed? So take a look over there. And if you've ha- if you've if it's been three six months since you updated last, have there been other questions FAQs that have come up from your employees that are not addressed in there? So time to add it. Do the information and materials in the handbook comply with federal, state, and local laws and HR management best practices? If you know about any law changes, take a look in your handbook. Make sure it hasn't changed. We give you updates on this podcast, but also you should have an attorney review them uh, or subscribe to an HR service like Poplar Financial provides where they do that uh, legal compliance on your handbook whenever you need it. Um, This is super important, but these are generic, but this is about the systems, right? Not the specific questions. Do you check? Surprisingly, most companies uh, or many smaller companies write that handbook and it sticks around for three or four years. Look around you. Has the Me Too movement changed a little bit about sexual harassment policies? It should have in your handbook. But if you haven't updated it since, you know, October of last year, you've got some catching up to do. So just take a look. Make a schedule to ask yourselves these questions. Target audience, organizational structure, current, relevant, responsive. Information is complete. Does it cover all the issues? And does it comply with federal, state, and local laws? Okay. Does the employee handbook anticipate changes to organizational and employment issues? So obviously you can't know what's going to come down the way, but does your handbook give you the flexibility? Doesn't have any guarantees in there? Um, does it, do you have the systems in place that you can update it for employment issue changes or organizational changes? Does your handbook contain a brief history of your organization? Again, the look at your purposes back on uh, part one. If your handbook does not communicate the history of the organization, how are you impl- acclimating people to the culture of the organization? Does it contain a statement of the organization's employee relations philosophy? This is a big deal. Not only does it tell prospective and current employees what the overall thought is, but it also helps in litigation. Is the employee handbook clear, concise, and easy to read? This is really important. Don't get trapped in legalese. Write it in such a way that makes a good impression of your employees because it's clear, concise, and easy to read. Is it written with a positive, personalized, upbeat tone? If it's just B flat, you got a problem. Take a look at it. Write it with a positive, personalized, upbeat tone. Now, this is a compliance check. Does the employee handbook use the following terms? Probationary periods permanent employee or employment, explicit or implied language that an employee will only be fired for cause, just cause, or similar terminology, promising future, unlimited advancement. Any of those words, search through your handbook and you got to rewrite those sections, okay? Probationary periods I see all the time too. Probationary periods people think of as, oh, well, they're on a probationary period for the first 90 days, so they're not eligible for benefits. No, no. Probationary period means for the first 90 days we can fire you, but after that you're in a contract to stick around. Super important. It implies a guarantee that once you're through the probationary period, you're going to be here forever. Watch that. Compliance issue. Are all employees required to sign a receipt of employee handbook acknowledgement form, and are those forms kept in the employee's personnel file? 
Uh, I would hope yes, right? Do you have a method to guarantee that they've, they've received them and that they agree that they've received them and understand them? Let's take a look at some other compliance issues that are important. Does your employee handbook include the following statement and notices? A statement regarding at-will employment. A statement that the handbook is not a contract and that nothing contained therein is intended to create or imply a contractual relationship. A statement that policies, practice, procedures, and benefits, including those described in the handbook, may be changed from time to time at the employer's sole discretion. A statement indicating who in the organization has the authority to enter into any agreement for employment for a specified period of time or to make any agreement contrary to an employee at will policy. You should have all of these. This is like the opposite of the last one. These are statements that prove that you are keeping your at-will status if you're in an at-will state. If you don't have those in your handbook, look them over and figure out where they fit. Again, this is all about at-will employment. It's not a contract. Policies, procedures, benefits, including those described in the handbook, can be changed at the employer's sole discretion. And that the and, and then define who has the only authority to enter permanent uh any agreement that's contrary to employment at will, right? So contractual employment or permanent employment. This is really important. That definition of who can do it means that the handbook can't. Okay. A couple of other little tick marks on your uh, policies that you need to make sure you have in there. A statement concerning the organization's commitment to EEO, uh, equal employment opportunity. Statement concerning sexual harassment. A statement uh, on the organization's labor relations policy. A compliant procedure so that employees may register their concerns or grievances to various levels of management. By the way, side note on that. Obviously, tell your supervisor is one, but they need to have a workaround to talk to HR or to executives uh, if you're a small organization. Because their supervisor may be the person they have a complaint about. Do you have a drug-free workplace policy? Um, you may not, but if, you, if you're going to enforce drug-free workplace, then you need to have one. A code of ethics and a statement con concerning a commitment to legal compliance. Do that. Discuss your wage and overtime policies. This is a great place to, to uh, make sure employees understand that, but also you need to state it somewhere. And a discussion of FMLA policy if you're required to comply with those Federal uh, Medical Leave Act policies. So that's FMLA, wage and overtime, commitment to legal compliance, Drug-free workplace, where they can register concerns or grievances, labor relations philosophy, sexual harassment, and EEO. Look at your table of contents. They should be on there. Does the employee handbook include a list of offenses subject to disciplinary action? Okay. A lot of companies do this. They say, well, if you do these things, it's a bad thing. If you say yes to that, are these offenses divided into major and minor categories? That's important. You can't just list everything uh, at the same level. Does the handbook indicate that this listing of offensive is not all-inclusive? Make sure it does, right? Otherwise, you're saying, I'm not going to punish you for other stuff. So do that. Does management reserve the right to discipline for other reasons? Again, another statement. Very important to have. Does the employee handbook contain a procedure for enforcing progressive disciplinary action? Look at a progressive disciplinary policy. How do you... It, it doesn't limit you. Again, you can allow... You can reserve the, the um, right... One of the keys is that does the handbook in any way limit the right to discipline or discharge an employee? Make sure it doesn't. If you're going to define out what the uh, disciplinary policy is, make sure that you uh, don't limit you know, in a permanent way the right to discipline or discharge an employee. 
And last, does the employee handbook include a discussion of key employment policies, general working policies, employee development, attendance and hours of work, wages and pay related issues, and benefits? It should have a little section on all of those. Again, that's benefits, wages and pay, attendance and hours, employee development, working policies, uh, and general employment policies. It's easy to look over your handbook with this checklist and just make sure that these are updated. Put it on your calendar to do every three months. These are systems. The questions are going to change. That's why we haven't gone into the very specifics at this point of what those policies should be. This is about implementing a system that you can keep your handbook accurate in the long run. It doesn't take long, but by doing this every quarter, you're going to wind up in a situation uh, where your handbook improves as a tool every quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope this was helpful. Uh, next week, like I said, we're going to go into a Q&A. We've got a couple of great questions already. If you have any more, please uh, contact us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'd love to help. Uh, we could definitely dive into any particular questions you have. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, I would so appreciate your subscription. We're really trying to grow this, and we, the more people we have, the more fun we get to do uh, in terms of, of getting into those deep questions that many HR managers have and business owners. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. Go out there and get your work done. This is Rami Ali Jill with People Processes signing off. Thanks.